welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than getting your pick a mix from Woolworths. Those were the days, weren't they? My name's Ash Rose, your host and your guide on this, the original 1990s football podcast. And get your abide with me's ready. Your cup final day is approaching. And here in the, uh, in the AK90s world, we are getting ready for cup final day the only way we can and giving it a 90s twist. And I know long-time listeners will be going, you've done that. You've done the 90s cup finals. Yeah, if you haven't already, go into the archive. I've dug it out. We had Sam Parking on that show as well, if you may remember. Former Swindon striker who uh, is a big QPR fan in, as well. as uh, currently on the Total League Football League show. Cheap plug for him. Um, but we've done a twist today. Um, you may have seen it already tweeted out by uh, the Football Tavern, what we're doing. We will get to that in just a second. But let me introduce my fellow 90s enthusiast, as per usual, here on Alive and Kicking, Mr Ed Chambers, landlord of the Football Tavern. How are you? I'm not too bad, Ash. I'm not too bad at all, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, I had a terrible weekend because my daughter had a tummy bug. And oh. basically, I spent the weekend covered in vomit. So I had to go to A&E and all that nonsense. Um, but she's oh fine God. now. Just a severe tummy bug. Yeah. She's only two, though. So you, can, you can't really tell and she can't tell yeah. you what's wrong and all that. But, oh, bloody hell. Yeah. yeah. Just the, you know, just the quirks of having children. So. <laughs> yeah, not great. So that meant your uh, your time for watching football and Top of the Pops was probably limited. Oh, no, uh, there was time. For, there was always time for Top of the Pops. That night, <laughs> she was quiet, she was tucked up in bed. It was yeah. 1997. I'd waited two weeks for it. And there it yeah. was, 1997. As we said on, on the last show, an odd year, 1997 for music. Um, It was like, it was like the music industry just sort of gave up in 1997 and said we've given you <laughs> we've given you 1996 what more do you want because yeah. like I, I caught up with it last night because I knew obviously I knew we were doing this today and I was out on Saturday and um I was I was watching it and I was thinking right that's rubbish that's rubbish there was nothing really that that got my interest too much I think Fun Loving Criminals was probably yeah uh, with um, Scooby Snacks um and then at one point I just went there's Mark Lamar because he was presenting and the rest of it was sort of, you know, like Republica and... and, and I mean, the producer and, of the, the story section of that night is obviously yeah. not a pop fan. There's obviously no. a tinge to, to some certain stuff on there that he likes because yeah. there was a lot on Finley Quay. Yes. I remember yeah. the name Finley Quay, but yeah. if you walk past me in the street or you put a song yeah. on, I'd probably be a bit like, nah. Yeah. I, really, I, I, don't, I don't really know much about Finley Quay. But... Yeah. And, and funnily enough... Until I watched that on Saturday night, I remembered the song. But honestly, if you'd have said to me on Saturday morning, who's Finley Quay, I'd have probably told you that he was like Wigan's left back. In yeah, the, exactly. Sort of, you know, in the 2000s or something. Yeah. I, I had absolutely no idea. No, um, that was a bit of an odd one. Um, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, like Barbie Girl, yeah, I get it. It's a Big pop, song, man. Big a, song. It's a pop song. But oh, my God, they devoted about 15 minutes <laughs> yeah. to that one song. And then did I hear right? I think I've lost the will to live by this stage. So the, the girl in who sang, who sang, yeah, she's now married to one of the band members. She but is. At, at the time, she was going out with the other band members. Yeah, so I knew that. And, and, they, I and I was that like, at the time, they were, like, they were going out. But yeah. how awkward was that interview when they were kind yeah. of in between? <laughs> Yeah, it was like, all oh, right, okay, there's there's something, yeah, it was a bit was a bit awkward. And then, you know, like Chumbawamba, like I'll be honest with you, I I've always sort of sort of take or leave that song, to be perfectly honest with you. It's not something that 
you know, I, I definitely wouldn't put it on the jukebox, let's put it that way. And then, and then like the stupid dance that they were doing in the studio, yeah. which Chumbawamba obviously hated, but they should have, like the guy was saying, he should have, he, he was, he should have put a stop to that. But the, it was just naff, wasn't it? It was no, there was, there was nothing great about that at all. I think my biggest surprise with Chumbawamba was when the guy said that they'd been going for like 10 years yeah. before that song. Then he sold like, out. Like he was trying to, yeah. to kind of, deflect the fact that you know they were some sort of political activists as as artists or whatever else for 10 years then they found this tune and thought sod it let's make some money (laughs) yeah exactly yeah and well why not i suppose it always quick little story it always reminds me i was at a pub quiz once um in in some pub can't even remember where it was might have been for the locals might have been sig cup i think it was um well and i was with a few of the few of the pals that you know as well Uh and the host was terrible like he could not pronounce anything. And as for a right. pub quiz, it's kind of job number one. You've got yeah, to kind I think, of yeah. clearly yeah. talk the question so we will know where we're going at. And one, the yeah. one particular question was about Chumbawamba and he could not say the word Chumbawamba. He was, like, <laughs> he was going, what song did Chubba, Chumba, Chubba Wubba relate? And we're all just oh. shouting Chumbawamba. <laughs> and like, everyone knew the answer anyway, but it was more fun to just watch yeah. this bloke struggle through the word Chumbawamba. I mean, it's not an everyday word, but he could not get his tongue around it now. So wherever so I see them, they're always Chubba Wubba. Uh, it's fair to say that he won't be the new presenter of Pointless then. Or, no, uh, no, no. Yeah. I don't think he ever did a pub quiz again. It was probably a good yeah. thing. Um, yeah, but, probably scarred for life. Yeah, ninety-seven. Yeah, I remember trying to else was. Yeah, there was a little bit of a turtle covered, and you know, my yeah. first, my first crush, my first crush was Louise Nerding. So it was always nice to right. see her uh-huh. on my screens. Um, uh-huh. Although a little bit played on the whole kind of. There were three black girls, one white girl. I thought that there was never any of that eternal, but I thought there was a slight tinge of that that wasn't needed because yeah. yeah. all saints followed them, which is the opposite. No one mentioned it, and I thought no. that was unnecessarily yeah. covered. Yeah, I think I think so, and um, yeah, I mean. I think 97 for me as well, Oasis released their third album and that wasn't mentioned. But there again, if they didn't appear on top of the pops that year, then maybe yeah. you know, they were probably they were probably too far away from that then. They were they didn't really need to go on top of the pops, but yeah. there wasn't a mention of that. It was just I'll be honest with you, I found it a really hard watch. Yeah, it and wasn't as fun as it got, Yeah, it got to the Had point where oh jesus right now we're talking right i mean even that got 30 seconds that was 30 seconds of my life too long i think but no, not cancer or i'll kick you off this podcast oh my god <laughs> well i've known you like 20 years now and i'm not surprised that you feel that you Boom feel that in. way because I, I actually own a current Hanson album. They're still, well, not that current, but they did still keep going and they uh, evolved. Oh, but um, should we talk football? Of course <laughs> you do. You own a Hanson album. Of course yeah. you do. Penny um, and me, for anyone who's going, yeah, so do I, is a tune. Penny right, and me okay. tonight. Anyway. I, I, I want, sorry, just before we move on, I want anybody that is listening to this. So that is basically my mum, your mum, um, Stu's Footy Flashbacks, and our mate. <laughs> And our mate Gary, who listens every week. Hi, Gary. Hi, Gary. There we go. And um, I thought that if anybody believes that Hanson are a good band, they should actually tweet into us because I think you'll be in a very, very small minority. Great. I I once knew a, a girl in in PR world in my in my day job who was obsessed, like she'd been to see them every gig, every album. So they're right. They are out there. They are. Yeah, out there. Right. Okay. Yeah. They yeah. Are. <laughs> so, so there's, well. there's, so there's well, now two of you. We'll look forward to 98 next week. Um, well, this, this coming yeah. Saturday as this drops, um, when we'll see a lot of France 98. So, yeah, um, absolutely. The England, will they cover England United? Echo and the Bunny Men, Spice Possibly. Girls. I hope so. The least lauded so. England song of all time, probably. Yeah, definitely. They, they went way too, let's try and get this 
cool yeah. and nobody yeah. and everyone went no we'll just sing three lions and we'll re-release yeah. that yeah exactly yeah which yeah. we'll see um playoffs going on in the modern world at the moment we saw a bit of a 90s tinge last night with sheffield with the emerson mm. tom derby as we christened it yeah. on the last show um sunderland are going to wembley which they like which they did in 1998 so i don't know if Clark yeah. is going to haunt their dreams once again but yeah well Sunderland have made a habit of going to Wembley this last few years and coming back with absolutely nothing funnily enough yeah. um uh, so uh they take over Trafalgar Square when they do which is quite a sight to see if anyone's in the London area on that day but what I was impressed by the the two legs was the amount of people that attended so it was over 40,000 in the third tier game yeah I think it was 38,000 last night and I think I did hear I might be wrong so there's probably someone out there knows a lot more than me I thought I heard somebody say on the radio that it was the biggest attendances at playoff games Uh, and and but for it to be the third tier of English football it's is crazy. absolutely phenomenal. Makes you a little bit proud as well of the. Of yeah, football it does. In, in it does. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was trying to say on the the football tavern Twitter last night that I feel for the Sheffield Wednesday fans because you know you, you kind of get to know people through doing the, the Twitter accounts and stuff, and you know, a great bunch of people, and but then there's a great bunch of Sunderland people as well, so you kind of feel happy for them at the same at the same time. But it was a it was a great finish to the game. Um, Wickham Sunderland final. That's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. A I mean, different contrasting styles for, for yeah, sure. It's, it's one of those, isn't it? I don't really know. I, even then, I wouldn't even know who would want to win that game. And with a slight you know, QPR hat on, I'd like yeah. Gareth to do it. Um, right, okay. Obviously, um, yeah. mainly to stop him being linked with the QPR job, but uh, then, yeah. then he'll stay at Wickham and give the Championship another go. But yeah, it'll be. Yeah. An, It'll be an interesting, uh, interesting occasion for sure. Yeah. And then um, obviously the Championship playoffs were settled on the on yeah. the weekend just gone and that was actually um i mean there were a lot of you know luton fans and um, sheffield united fans obviously there was a lot of nerves before the game but actually it all just kind of went the way, the way. yeah thought i mean i thought i had, had a sneaky suspicion that middlesbrough might do it but they, they imploded yeah they absolutely imploded now they i mean i don't watch championship football every week but i do know that middlesbrough need a goalkeeper yeah, well, um, I can tell you very clearly they need a goalkeeper because as yeah. much as I like Joe Lumley, because he's a QPR yeah. graduate and we had him for many years, yeah. he's not the standard of goalkeeper that you, if you're going up, I think he's yeah. he's a solid lower half championship goalkeeper and was very yeah. well liked at, at Loftus Road because he was he's, yeah. he's from our academy. Um, but yes, they do. And, and probably an, another goal scorer might help their cause. And, and, you know, and if... If you, I mean, it's a sure sign, isn't it? If, you, if you're going to go, if you're going to go up, or you're going to challenge for any trophy. To have a decent goalkeeper is is the one thing you need. And Chris Wilder kept switching goalkeepers in his time, and he's not even been that long. If you keep switching goalkeepers, there's a fair chance that you don't trust one or either, um, yeah. and that's not gonna that's not gonna work. So yeah. Um, well, we're switching because we're talking cut final today, and we've got yeah. a guest in the waiting room that we're going to let in in just a second. Um, yeah. But. You're looking forward to this, um, although at the unusual time of quarter to five, I think the FA Cup final yeah, is this, this I mean, coming weekend. I think it's I all about the fans, why, people. It's all about the fans. Yeah, I know. I've, I've said this a million times that I absolutely love the FA Cup. I adore it. I've always loved it. I'll always be a supporter of it and I'll always promote it. And there are things I've known about, like, you know, the semi-finals and all that sort of stuff being played, not being played at neutral grounds, all that sort of stuff. I'm not necessarily a traditionalist with the three o'clock kickoff. Um, I understand the rationale for making it 4.45, 5 o'clock, because that's kind of when people sit down and are almost yeah, ready yeah. To, to get ready for the evenings and watch watch the, watch the game. 
but I do think it's unfair on the people that go um, because they're not getting out of Wembley till at least sort of half six, seven o'clock. Yeah, and that's then, not, and then, before he goes extra time and penalties. And, yeah. and, and there's a fair chance that that, you know, that might happen. So you're talking a bit later and then by the time that, you know, you know anybody that's yeah. been to Wembley knows that it's a ball ache to get away from. The Wembley so. shuffle, I call it, yeah. On yeah, Wembley way when you try and shuffle down to the tube. Yeah, yeah. Ex- ex- exactly, yeah. So, um, yeah, so it should be, I mean, it's promising to be, a, a, I mean, if it is, if it's, it's as good as, as the league the, final, then yeah. If it's as good as that one, but then um, Chelsea aren't really on the on their game at the moment. No, so it's, a, it's an odd time. It's you know this who, is not who, for this who, who do you think will win it? Um, if you had to I think Chelsea right might. I've got this feeling that Liverpool might just really? end up with the League Cup. I think yeah. it might be like this quadruple, 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 and then they might just for whatever oh, reason, oh, like we mentioned Real Madrid and their kind of you know galvanizing galvanizing <laughs> performances yeah. last week. You know, the league looks like now, unless there's some massive twist, the city are going to have that. So, yeah, I've been saying, podcast, yeah. I've been saying for quite a while, um, and I've said it on the football tavern, so I'll have to stick with it that um, City will win the league, Liverpool will win the European Cup, and Chelsea will win the FA Cup. Um, we'll see. So we'll see this weekend for sure. Yeah. Um, but we're going to talk '90s FA Cup, and we've done a little twist, and it's annoyed my brain all morning. So <laughs> that we'll get to that in just a second. After this. Before we get stuck into the brand new episode of Alive and Kicking, I'm delighted to announce a partnership with the amazing Footy Devotion. Footy Devotion have a brilliant range of t-shirts, coasters, prints and mugs, all illustrated by the amazing team at Footy Devotion and inspired by the 1990s as well, with a special range dedicated to Italian 90. And because you listen to Alive and Kicking, the original 1990s football podcast, you can get 10% off your order. Simply use the code AK90s at the checkout and you'll get 10% off. That's AK90s, so AK90S and 10% off your order. Jobs are good at. Check out Footy Devotion on Twitter at Footy Devotion and the whole range. I've got a few myself. I've got the brilliant 3pm sweatshirt. I'm looking at a brilliant QPR print kit I've got on my wall. And there's loads and loads to choose from, from World Cups to clubs and many, many more. So check out Footy Devotion. And as always, Keep it 90s. Welcome back to Alive and Kicking, and we are getting ready for FA Cup final week in 2022. So what do we do? We talk about 1990s FA Cup finals. Um, we have, as I said, in the, we talked in the intro, we have done a lot on cup finals today. So we thought we'd do an 11 hear big cheers in the background we do like doing an 11 on this show um so we'll get to the 11 rules in a minute but ed and i would would also like to welcome a guest that's also picked an 11 for us today um if anyone follows ak90s and tavern football i assume you are following this guy as well and if you're not you should be he's called premiership polls if you like your polls on twitter and and from that account it's mr rob sinney is that correct have i pronounced that right rob it's signing actually, but I'm not going to pick you up on that. That's fine. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Uh, that's, about, oh, sorry, yellow card. Honestly, yellow oh, card straight yeah. away. I'm just glad. I was. I was. I'm just glad that you. I'm just glad that you had to say it because I would have probably said the same. Yeah, so. I do it all the time. It's, it's my. It's my calling <laughs> card. Yeah, my wife always says I always get names a little bit wrong. So yeah. 
I would be. I'm living up to my gimmick. Um, yeah. Rob, before we talk... you don't get, just as long as you don't get her name wrong, I suppose. No, I did that. Nearly, I would, you know, her name, her surname's Gallagher, and I was for years. I said I would not get that wrong in my uh, in my wedding vows, and I didn't. So there we go. Yeah, good man. I, did, I didn't Ross and Rachel it. Anyway, <laughs> Rob, uh, before we talk about FA Cups, um, for anyone who doesn't know, tell us about your Twitter account, what made you do it, how it's going, and your love for '90s football. It's just, it's a polling page uh, focused on the premiership years of uh, 1992 to 2007 before it was rebranded to the Premier League, the Barclay Park Premier League. Um, I did it really because I just, I was, I'm obsessed with 90s football, as I know you guys are. And you're in, you're in good company, Rob. Absolutely. <laughs> there's a few of us around. I thought there are other 90s pages out there, but um, I aimed for the, the premiership polling page because I thought it's kind of an easy way for people, if you're scrolling through and you're a 90s fan and you follow all the same pages that I'm sure all of us follow, it's easy to, to get lost in it. But with the polling thing, I thought, just thought it would come up on your page, it would be a question of 90s football that you've probably already got an opinion of anyway, if you're a fan of, of the genre. Um, read the question, 10 seconds, vote, move on with your life. And I thought we've probably all got memories of, of the 90s we all have opinions it's i'm not asking a lot from the followers just a quick vote and then uh, i thought it would just be an easy fun thing it's it's something i'm interested in anyway i follow you guys all the 90s football pages and i thought get involved it was quite a risk i'm not usually that kind of person but i'm, I'm enjoying it and it seems to be going pretty well i've had a lot of support yeah. which i really appreciate from people who are interested in the same sort of things yeah well, yeah, I love a poll anyway. I'm one of those geeky people who are like surveys and questions and polls. So yeah, I'm I'm well on top. I'm well on top of it. And just your banner actually just makes me smile when you've got all the '90s paraphernalia um, on your Twitter account, which oh, yeah. is you know the cards, the match magazines, the VHSs, you know things like that. Just make me a make me a happy man when I open them on uh, Twitter. Um, as you're a newbie, Rob, we have to do your '90s CV as well. Um, we've slimmed these down just because we've done a lot of them now. But I'm always interested uh, to know these two questions. So. We're revealing that you're a Newcastle fan, so very eventful 1990s for the Magpies. Um, yeah. This I hate asking this Newcastle question because if this is clearly the one of the most obvious, it's like asking a Southampton fan. Favorite Newcastle player of the 90s? It just, is it is it anyone else but Alan Shearer? Surely he is actually. Hey, <laughs> it's Alex Mathy. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I was going to choose Peter Beardsley. Nice. Good shout. Absolute genius of a player. I know he was yeah. there in the 80s, and I think my uh, my extended family used to watch him in the 1980s, slightly before my time. He came back in 93, 93, I think it was 93. And the things he could do with the football, like, it was one of those things where uh, we've all seen the footage where you know what he's going to do, and still the defenders couldn't stop him. And then he'd smash it in, and he scored so many important goals in that mid-90s period where we were becoming the entertainers, even though he was phased out by sort of 96, 97. The, the goals he scored and the things he could do is different to everybody else. And he just really caught my imagination. Ed, he's such a, a uniquely underrated footballer, Peter Beardsley, isn't he? I mean, he was overlooked for England for those Newcastle years uh, by Graham Taylor. I think we talked about that, didn't we, when we had Stu on. It's yeah, such it a good. weird, like, for a man who, no disrespect to Peter Beardsley, but he plays like a Brazilian. He doesn't look like a Brazilian, but he had those quick little feet, didn't he? Yeah, he's, um, he was a fabulous footballer. I actually put something up on the tavern yesterday, actually, a game against Aston Villa where he scored um, twice. And it's just, yeah. it's just classic Beardsley. It's those sort of 
like jinky kind of runs which end up in him just poking the ball into the net and it just makes it look so easy because you watch it and you think well the defender must be able to stop him but somehow they don't um and yeah he was just he was just great watch that's a great that's a great choice because there are i mean like shearer is a go-to but there's so many good newcastle players from that era but peter beasley's a great chap yeah, I was trying just thinking then, like he's hard to compare to a like a modern. I don't know who I'd compare Peter Beardsley to in the modern game. Um, like. I was, I would say the one was there is one player that reminds me of Beardsley every now and then. It's um, Jota from Liverpool. Oh, okay. Yeah, just that kind yeah. of yeah, that kind of small forward who just yeah. seems to be able to quick create feet. and and score goals and has got quick feet. And I used to think that when Jota played at Wolves, actually, maybe not so much at Liverpool, but when he was at Wolves playing behind um, yeah, Jimenez, name name nearly escaped me there. But um, I just thought Jota was was one player that always sort of reminded me of Beasley a bit. Yeah, no good chance. Um, and then on the wider spectrum, Rob, your favourite nineties player overall from our glorious decade. I'm afraid was uh, David Beckham. Okay, wow. we, haven't, we haven't had many Beckhams, you know, so that's interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Yeah, why for you, Bex? I think when I was a young player, I think you probably hear this from uh, young boys and girls who, if you're a goalkeeper, you watch the goalkeepers, and if you're a centre forward, yeah. you watch centre forwards that are on TV. I think I, I always wanted to be a sort of supplier of goals. I, I realised quite early I was not good enough to be <laughs> the goal scorer. Um, so I thought the best I can probably hope for is to swing the ball in, maybe set pieces. And I looked, I watched him even before he was an England player in the, like the mid nineties. I watched him and thought he's he's really good. And I think I developed a bit of a man crush. I used to get England shirts with his name on the back. And did you copy his like, hairstyle, Rob? Uh, I still am, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's not a good joke for radio. Um, yeah, I just I just something about him. And then of course, as I kind of established him as a player I liked he got bigger and he was he was given more media attention and he was just everywhere and yeah all the way through his England career I had his name on the back of my England shirts and I just thought he was um so and I still think he's an underrated player yeah even literally I think, the word I was just celebrity thinking. yeah the celebrity kind of over clouds over the talent he had on the pitch and I think a lot of people especially the younger um generation kind of forget what a player he was yeah, I, I was just thinking that same thing on the like, like with Beardsley, we've said the same word. I always think that people always, you're right, the fame comes first before Beckham. But actually, he was such a, you know, we all, we're just saying something, nothing new here. While saying what a brilliant passer and crosser of the ball he was. Right. But, you know, we're talking to someone who was in the Ballon d'Or rankings at one point, And I know they can always be a bit weird, but he was definitely up there. Do you, are you agreeing in the Beckham underrated camp? Absolutely. Great, uh, great fan of Beckham. Um, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, we've said it many times, but the, you can only look at the clubs that the guy played yeah. for. And then if you're going to play for that many great football clubs, you know, Man United, Real Madrid, he's done the AC Milan thing, PSG. Yeah. If you're going to play for all them teams, you Preston can't North End. Preston North End. Yeah, <laughs> LA Galaxy is clearly leaving out. Yeah, well. we, can't, we, can't, we can't leave out PNE, but, you know, he... You know he's he's a great he's a great footballer and very and very very underrated um, supplier of a lot of goals and scorer of a lot of great goals for Man United and England over a great period of time. So yeah, great show. It's great funny show. you mentioned him. There was a picture and I'm going to date the podcast again now, but going around Twitter this week, I think it's from the F1 weekend, and it was a picture of Lewis Hamilton, David Beckham, Michael Jordan, and Tom Brady, which is like right. the most ridiculousness of goatness ever. And I saw yeah. people saying which person is the most famous out of these four. And I think you'd have to say David Beckham. I think Michael Jordan as a name, like yeah. his purely name, 
is probably more famous, but I always use my sister and this is harsh on her because I think she's the most mainstream would only know like the popular people currently in this world. And I think she would, if Michael Jordan, if I showed a picture of Michael Jordan, she wouldn't know. She'd know the name, but David Beckham, there must be very few people on the planet that don't know the image of David Beckham. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I see what you mean. Jordan's obviously got the, the brand of his um, yeah. sneakers, etc. But D- David Beckham, as, as an image, I think transcends um, sport and celebrity into the cultural uh, um, universe, I'd say. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with that. I'm going with that. I'm agreeing with it anyway. I'm sure maybe David Beckham might get mentioned in what we're doing today. So I don't know. We'll see. But what this is the game, everybody. So if you want to play along at home, please do and tweet us your teams, as I always say, because it's really interesting to how I do it. What we have done. So it's FA Cup final weekend. There are 10 FA Cup finals in the 1990s. We have picked an 11 of people that have played in an FA Cup final. There are two rules. The two rules is that you must use a player from at least every cup final. So there must be a player who has featured in every cup final throughout those years. The second rule is you can't pick more than two players from the same club of those finals. Now, that does mean I'm, I'm going to use the example, and I know that we've already used this. So, Ian Wright, if you picked him as a Crystal Palace player, you can have two Arsenal players. That's how it works. But so those are the two rules. Man United will F you. Trust me, because as he did this morning, because they were in so many finals and trying to find places for them is all it, it was difficult. Um, so let's get cracking. I I've done four four two. I told Ed to do four four two. Rob's nodding. So we've gone classic 90s four four two. Rather excitedly, Rob's told us as well that he's done some sort of theme to his. So I'm really I just kind of cobbled mine together, trying not to break the rules. So it'd be interesting to see if we can pick up the theme um, as we go along. Uh, Ed, do you want to kick us off? Who have you picked for your number one? Who's in between the sticks in your cup finals 90s 11? So in between the sticks, I think, as I said in our intro, actually, I think if you're going to win uh, trophies, whether it be FA Cups, playoffs, championships, whatever, you've got to have um, a good goalkeeper and a good goalkeeper on form. I have gone 1995. I have gone from Neville Southall between the sticks. Now, the reason I've... The reason I've gone for Neville Southall is that there is a classic moment, I think, in that cup final where Man United are piling on the pressure. Uh, towards the end, uh, a ball gets sort of tossed into the box. And as a fan, you know, if you're an Everton fan listening or whatever, you want your goalkeeper to come out and basically clean house. You basically want them to take everyone and get the ball. He does that. Big Neville does that. He times it to perfection hits the deck, gets up again, and there's just this big, big sort of cheer that it's done, the job's done. It's like an injury time, and you just need your goalkeeper in big moments like that. So for that reason, I've gone for Neville Southall. Nice. He, uh, yeah, I mean, I had about three different goalkeepers going on in my 11s, but he was one that was was kind of floated. He didn't make my final. I'll, I'll come to mine in a minute. Um, Rob, who is your goalkeeper in your cup final eleven? I've gone for David James. Ooh. Yeah. So the reason was, um, I can't so 96, thought, we're talking? The 96. 96 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to break the rules and say he was in the 2000 final, but he was. <laughs> <laughs> um, he made quite a big error for the 96 crucial moment. Yeah. I'm sure everyone remembers the uh, corner coming in from David Beckham. There he is again. Uh, dropped by James and uh, put in by Cantona. So that was kind of a memorable, possibly the only memorable moment from an unmemorable 
final from what yeah. I know. Uh... It's the worst final of the 90s and one right. I, found, I found the hardest to pick from, actually. So I don't know who Ed's got, so I'd be interested to see. And also, I'm annoyed at myself that I haven't picked David James now because he is man-influenced the famous White Seats as well. Of so. Absolutely, yeah. He is, he yeah, is the somebody... only other talking point. Exactly, the only talking point from that. Exactly, the yeah, it's the only thing anybody remembers. I mean, yeah. we had we had Sachin on the other week, yeah, um, and he was talking about Liverpool that no one would remember those suits if they won three 0 but they didn't win three 0 yeah. So there you go. I think they'd slightly remember them. Like I think yeah. we're being a bit kind. Like yeah. they weren't naff. Yeah, they like, were you haven't seen anyone do it since or before. No. But yeah, no. I know I, we did take Sachin's point for sure. Um, yeah. My goalkeeper. I've gotten from, and I think I'm saying this right, as I say, I'm going to panic, but the only goalkeeper to save a penalty in a final in the 90s, is that right? I think so. Uh, Mark Crossley in 1991, who obviously ended up on the losing side, unfortunately, um, but saved the penalty from Gary Lineker, of of all people, as well, who didn't didn't miss many. Obviously, he missed that famous one for England against Brazil to equal Bobby uh, Bobby Robson, Bobby Charlton's. Um, England goal record, which I always he tried a Penenka if I remember rightly. Which Gary Lineker and Penenkas don't really go hand in hand, no, do they? No, I imagine that's his second most embarrassing moment while uh, while wearing the England shirt. We think of the, uh, the yes. World Cup incident with his. Uh, well, we don't need to go into that. His brown pants that he may have mentioned about a billion times during his yes. match of the day career. Yeah, he definitely. mentions it. He mentions it on Twitter like twice a day. I know. Yeah, it's like it's like you, you don't have to live off that, mate. You've got plenty of other, you know, you've got plenty of other skin in the game. You know, you don't really need to. You don't really need to be doing that. Yeah, we don't need to talk about your brown pants. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, stick to talk, stick to boasting about your golden boot at the World Cup. That uh, that is something exactly. definitely. Yeah, definitely right. should be boasting about. Right, back fours then, people. Back fours. Um, Rob, let's start with you then. Um, give us, uh, go. Let's go fullbacks. If, we, if we've done it that way, I mean, I've I don't. I said you have to have fullbacks, but I assume we're nineties. You know, in our mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. We're who, one to who, eleven. We're on the fullbacks. Who, you, who are your two full, fullbacks? So uh, they'll need explaining. I think my, my theme is somewhat uh, FA Cup final quirks and uh, right fullback I've got Andy Griffin. <laughs> Andy Griffin, boy. that's a good one. From yeah, 99. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So he started the... I'm sorry, Rob, I'm just trying to work out what your theme is and I think I might have got it early doors. <laughs> I missed that, mate, sorry. Yeah, I was saying, I think I've got what your, uh, I think I've got what your theme is early-ish. Okay. <laughs> I think I might, might have made a mistake saying how to theme. Um, <laughs> it's the, the the theme really is just the, the quirk, the fact that the, yeah. I can say a name and you wonder why is he included, and then yeah. I'll sort of explain that there is a, a little bit of a quirk that people might have forgotten about their Love final it. appearance. Yeah. So, and what is Andy Griffin's quirk? The fact that he just played in one. Well, <laughs> yeah, who would have thought it? No, he is also the uh, player with the highest squad number of the 90s to start an FA Cup final. Oh, there's wow. a fact. Nice. Oh, what, no. was the, what was the number? 38. 38? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Rob's, Rob's out doing it. He's done actual homework. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First appearance, I want to make an impression. Yeah, he's done. I've just gone, let's pick a team. And we've got actual <laughs> people that have done actual homework. Love it. Great. Yeah. Um, and on the other flank, Rob, who? On the other flank, have you got? I've got uh, Richard Shaw at left oh. back. Oh, 91. Uh, 90. 90, sorry. 90, sorry. Yeah. 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 So the reason he's there mainly is because I just do not remember him as a left back. I don't know if you guys do, but he, he started as a left back in the cup final and the replay. He wore number three. 
And I remember him mainly at Coventry in the late 90s. And I, I just remember him as a centre-half. I don't remember him being a left-back. Yeah. yeah. I must say, I, I, I remember him early days at Palace being a, being a left-back. But, yeah, that's a great... Richard School, okay. that's a great... That's a great... That's two great full-backs, actually. That's two great 90s names, isn't I, I it? Would, sure. Yeah, I, I, really, I really like that. I really yeah. Do really like I'll, that. I'll, I'll go next. Um, might have... Very boring now compared to those two. Um, <laughs> the uh, exotic I, I, names of Andy Griffin and Richard Shaw. Yeah, exactly. I've gone for the more solidly 90s names of, so 1999, terrible final again, one-sided. So I, my 99 pick is just being Mr. Consistency, Mr. Gary Neville for Man United as my right back. Not that he had much to write home about in that game. Newcastle were pretty terrible. Sorry, Rob, in that final. So there wasn't really that much to, he didn't have the highest squad number. Um, in it and he wasn't a converted left back at all but no Gary Neville would be on one side on mm. my other flank and he had a more important role again on the losing side so this is my odd pick because as, as you've worked out already there are 10 cup finals there are 11 players so you can have one from another cup from the same cup final sorry so I've gone 1991 and picked the man who opened the scoring in the 1991 FA Cup final for Nottingham Forest psycho himself Stuart Pearce and I still love the way that it's Wembley it's the biggest game of the season does he celebrate does he heck does he he just I don't think he even puts his hand in the air I think he just walks back nonchalant after that excellent free kick from Pearce and so he's my so I've got two Nottingham Forest players though which is says a lot about my affection for that club slightly that I have um but yeah Stuart Pearce and uh Gary Neville are mine so Mr Chambers what way have you gone sir uh, so I suppose my right back actually is a little bit uh, quirky, a little bit like Rob's team, I think. Um, in fact, and I'm going to use Everton again. I have gone oh, for... Two Everton players. Interesting. I know, I know. I've gone for Matt Jackson. Yeah. Right. So oh, yeah. Matt Jackson. So if you remember, Matt Jackson scored. Um, he, scored in a, he scored in an earlier round and he scored, a, I think it was a belting goal for Everton. And then he scored again in the semi-final, and then he crossed the ball for the goal in the final. So I thought, yeah, fair play. Quite a lot of, um, you know, sort of FA Cup, uh, FA mm-hmm. Cup history there in that season. So I've gone for Matt Jackson. Yeah, and later on played my... for QPR on loan. Uh, well, I mean, who who hasn't really? Yeah, there's, there's not many in that period that didn't. Um, and um, my left back is the same as yours, Ash. Actually, I've gone yeah. for the man. I've got for the man that hit the hardest free kick in the world ever in an FA yeah. Cup final, yeah. I think. Mm. Um, Psycho himself. Yeah, so Stuart Pearce. Yeah. That no. was the free kick from the Gaza um, Gary Charles incident as well. Yeah, wasn't yeah it? it was. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. So that was that was a big, a big moment. And mm. um, Pierce just absolutely well he did. I think it was a brilliant free kick. Person. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. And one of those is forgotten. I always think there's losing goals get forgotten, don't they? <laughs> absolutely. In, in, in not just in cup finals but in games in general people tend yeah. to get when there's worldy score when the result doesn't go the same way and that is you know when you compare free kicks in FA Cups in the 90s you always think Gaza and Waddle they're the two that always stick out but that yeah, yeah that's a hell of a hell of a free kick as well for sure um let's stick with I stay with you Ed um centre-backs then who have you got um in your centre of defence in this cup final 11? Uh so my first centre-back is a man that scored the goal in a semi-final to get his team in the final and then lifted the trophy. And that is from 1993. I've gone for Tony Adams. Tony Adams. Um, so he didn't drop anybody in this final. On, um, <laughs> That's on always a bonus. No, after uh, what he did in the League Cup final to poor um, Steve Morrow, who was never oh, the same. Morrow. Yeah, and he went on to play for... Yeah, yeah, I just thought of that. Yeah. Uh, and... 
And my other centre back is a man that features very heavily in 1999. Um, but uh, for probably for more nostalgic reasons, I've gone for David, <laughs> David May. You've David made it. I have, yeah. Because and I was I had, to, I had to have a quick look at David May this morning just to check that he definitely played because I had a memory <laughs> that he did, right? So I looked him up, and David May was at Man United for just under ten years. It's crazy. He played. Isn't it? He played 80 games or around about 80 games for Man United in 10 years. Um, so they used him in 99 final because I think Yapstam, they wanted to rest Yapstam for the Champions League yeah. final. So they played May instead. So for that reason, I've gone for David May. Yeah. Well, he's famous, isn't he, for the Champions League final for being in pretty yeah. much every photo that was ever taken of the Despite trophy. Parade. never playing a minute in the Champions yeah, League. Exactly. Yeah. Well, fair play to him. Like, I think he's I mean, still I a man. He's oh, on yeah, Man United well, TV yeah. as well, like a lot. Like I've seen on Twitter and stuff. Um, yeah. A friend of the show, Sam Harwood, he's always interviewed him. So he's he's stuck around at the club and, you know, he's won everything and stuff. So, you know, fair play um, to David May. Um, I'll go next and then we'll come to, to Rob for his centre-backs, for his quirky ones, because I'm looking forward to those. Um, I Yeah, the, 96 is the hardest place to put a player because it's a terrible final. It's... You know, Main Eye weren't even that good. Liverpool were worse. I, I wish I'd gone David James. That made my life so much easier now. I didn't think of that. But so, he did, I mean, this this centre-back played in two cup finals in the 90s. So I'm slightly cheating because he won the one that I'm not picking in 92. But he also played in 96 as well. So I've gone from Mark Wright as oh. one of my centre-backs. Obviously played for England at Italian 90. I forgot he was still there in 96, to be honest. Like, I thought he'd left by that yeah. point, but... He did play. There's quite a few of those who I used to see in the sticker book um, in like 95, 96, 97. And it'd be like, oh, Jan Molby wearing the 95, 96 kit. And it'd be so weird. Like th their heyday was like 10 years earlier yeah. and they're still there. Steve Nichol, Ronnie Whelan, they were all still there into the Premier League year. And you think, why? They look so old. Their, their day is gone. David Burrows, he's another one, isn't he? He's, he's there yeah. late, yeah. I think yeah. Steve Nichols still playing for Liverpool on the bench somewhere, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you might see Steve Nichols pop up. But yeah, it does feel like they were at Liverpool for a very long time, indeed. Um, I've gone from Merseyside, double act, actually, as my double centre-backs. My token Everton player from, from 1995 is man of the match, actually, in that final that kept Man United at bay. The, you know, Man United that were at the top of their game, although they won nothing that season, but they were the Man United of the decade. And that's big Dave Watson, Everton legend. He Not was player. Um, England player, we forget as well, in the 80s as well. He got, got, got himself a few England caps in the 80s. But yeah, towards the end of his career, but he was definitely put his body on the line in that one. And as me and Ed chatted it last week, he was the man who walked up the steps, got the trophy first. Captain first is the rule. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've gone for, so right. So my back four is Watson, Wright, Neville and Pierce. So uh, very English back four I've gone for there. So there we go. Rob, where's your quirky brain taking you next? Uh, first to Mr. David O'Leary, okay, from the '94 final, uh, '93 final, I should say. He came on as a late substitute in the final and again in the replay, and then never played for Arsenal again after over 700 appearances. Wow, it's not, not a bad way to end. Yeah, I, I again, he's the one I didn't know. I, well, if, if, without checking it, I would have thought he'd left the club by that point. But and yeah, he's yeah. still he was still knocking around. Andy Linegan was in and out, in and out, in and out of my team for a long time, just because obviously he played both games. He scored the yeah. winner as well, so he he did and briefly make an appearance in my eleven. But I, in the end, May United, I had to move it all around. But yeah, so who's partnering uh, David O'Leary, Mister Mr. Robin? This. 
I strongly feel Chris Wood should have saved that header, by the way. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, alongside him is a more well-known name from the '91 final. Unfortunately, it's poor old Des Walker. Ah, oh, Des. Des. We love Des on this po- on this podcast. Yeah, bless him. Sorry, he put the ball in his own net. Unfortunately, in '91, um, and it's a shame because he he'd already won the League Cup. He had success in the League Cup, and then. He missed the um, Sheffield Wednesday against the final the following year, was his year, year at Sampdoria, so he missed mm. that as well. Yeah. Albeit, obviously, Wednesday lost as well. Um, I, when I was looking him up this morning, I noted that he, in his seven Premier League years with Wednesday, he only missed 10 games in seven years. That's crazy, because people also think that he was never as good after he came back from, from Italy as well. But I think he was consistently still a very yeah. good Premier League defender. I always think that's a bit. I always think that's a bit harsh, actually. Yeah, um, but maybe standards were so high. Yeah, poss- possibly, but also, um, also with the greatest respect to Sheffield Wednesday, they they weren't winning the league cup trophies at that point like mm. he was at Nottingham Forest. If you see what it means, so it probably wasn't as on the main stage as he was at Forest as well at that time. But yeah, I always think that's a bit harsh. I mean, he was a he was a decent decent defender. Yeah, perhaps he would his standards are dipped slightly, but not. You know, not massively. Yeah, I love him. You'll never beat Des Walker is is something I always remember singing for as, as when he played for England. So yeah, again, he was someone I looked at as well when I was two in my eleven because I wanted to get him because I just love Des Walker. Paul Parker was the other one as well from '94 because he played for QPR. Basically, I did I did try that, but there wasn't enough players to to, to fill the eleven. I forgot about Matt Jackson. Uh, <laughs> right. Let's move on to midfield then. Um, we've all got four midfielders. Let's, let's do two at a time then. I think that's probably the best way to split it up. Um, I'll start. I'll start with my first two. I'll go with, well, I've got, it's quite an attacking four actually. I was going to say I'll start with my uh, midfield in the middle, but they could all play either on the flank or in the middle, to be honest. Um, we talked Sheffield Wednesday, so I'll start there. Um, this was kind of one of my first picks. We mentioned his name already. Scorer of that free kick in the semi final. He scored in the um, replay for Sheffield Wednesday in the 93 final. Somebody, again, we mentioned that underrated word earlier. I always think Chris Waddle was vastly underrated as well. You know, somebody went to Marseille, won the European Cup, again, ignored by Graham Taylor, but was, you know, that left foot was just, ugh. I always think of that shot that hit the post in, in Turin during the semi-final. I mean, it's a hell of a shot as well, and it just hit the inside of the post. So, yeah, for Sheffield Wednesday hero, Chris Waddle, kind of, I suppose, on one flank and then... On the other flank, I'm going to go 1992 and man of the match for Liverpool, Sunderland. I think Ed's got him as well because his head's just bowed. <laughs> it's, it's Shaggy himself, Steve McManaman, who's I think he set up both goals for Thomas and Rush, if I believe. Yeah, at the yeah top he of did, yeah. Uh, it he definitely set up once. Um, but yeah, really well that day. Yeah, really, he did. Really well. Was he man of the match in the, in the League Cup fight? It was the Bolton. Yeah, 95 against Bolton. Yeah. 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 Again, Possibly another under. Oh, we've, we're slowly building underrated 11s here without even knowing. Yeah. So, yeah, my first two midfielders then, Waddle McManaman. Ed, I guess you've got McManaman as well. So, you might as well continue with the yeah. with one others of yours. Yeah, I've, you've, you've made that incredibly easy for me. I've got uh, Steve McManaman on one wing. On the other wing, I have gone 1998, uh, the man that kind of really helped Arsenal win the double, and that is Mark Overmars. Uh, yeah. I, if I get my facts right, I think he scored the first first yes. goal in yeah. that. And final. now he scored the other one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apologies, Rob, again for bringing that up. <laughs> but um, yeah, he he was very sort of pivotal to their runs towards winning the title, and then of course winning the, the, the double. 
um, in Wenger's first full season. So I've gone for Overmars, who was a, a cracking player, lightning speed. Um, yeah, and you know, we, it, it feels like we didn't have him in the Premier League long enough, but it was it almost feels like we had him long enough to in, enjoy him and remember him as a great player, if that kind of makes sense. I was just thinking that, because I think, was he only there a season, if I'm right? He, no, he left in um, two, two, two seasons. Two, two, yeah. seasons. But he's he always talked take... about, isn't he, as one of the, yeah. you know, when you talk left wing, and he, Giggs yeah. is obviously always the first name that people say, but Overmars yeah. is always in the conversation. And the fact that he was only there for a very short period of time, we always remember that goal at Old Trafford that pretty much in theory, won Arsenal the league as well. And that bloke celebrating, who's made a name for himself being that bloke who celebrates at Old Trafford for Arsenal. Yeah. Um, I remember that. Um, it, it was a quick... Um, Overmars was like a quick short burst, like a comedy, like The Office or yeah. 40 Towers. He was there. It's yeah, only yeah, relevant yeah, yeah. for a very, very short space of time, but everyone remembers it as a classic. Yeah. That's so true. He, probably... he wasn't here long enough to see a decline. Yeah, no, true. Exactly. Yeah, and, and and to be honest, I don't remember him much of his Barcelona days. So no. I don't know if they Arsenal literally got him at that proper peak. I mean, Barcelona yeah. weren't quite the Barcelona they go on to be over the next few seasons. But um, Ed, you're um, oh no, it's not Ed. We've done Ed. Rob, <laughs> your next, your so your first two midfielders in your cup final eleven, sir. Okay, on the right we've got Anders Limpar. I looked Ooh, at him too. Shout. <laughs> Do you know you've said that for every single player? Well, so I've been for every player. That's, that's why. <laughs> Couldn't find a QPR link for Limpar. I'm sorry. No, there isn't one. Really nice. no. <laughs> um, he is a, a fellow um, publican, Ed, I believe, of the Limpar. Oh. <laughs> maybe there's a group you can join. Um, Limpar, yeah, he was uh, obviously from the 1995 final, played for Everton. Ah, of course. Yeah, that's what, yeah, because I like... I, I forgot on that. Yeah, I love a bit of Anders Limpar. I just think he's just, you know, those early 90s days at Arsenal when foreign mm. players were so unusual, he just stands out, doesn't he, as that kind of yeah. flair player. And I think he's got a little place yeah, in the heart. Because there, there were so few of them around, weren't there? Yeah. I mean, actually, yeah. the fact that on my, in my research, I realised that Limpar missed both cup finals for Arsenal in 93, so it was just the 95 one. Yeah. I actually thought you were going Arsenal then for a minute. I've completely forgot that he would have been at Everton in '95. Yeah, yeah. Great yeah. shout. And who, and who else you giving us? Um, being forced outside onto the wing, not really a winger, more of a central <laughs> player. But we've got Eddie Newton from the. Whoa, hey, Chelsea. Eddie does. Newton. Wow, that's a shout. Yeah. That's a name. So that's '97. He yeah. is '97. Yeah, he has got a cup final goal. He has. Yeah. Um, also won shot. the League Cup and he also played in the 94 final and conceded the penalty to open the scoring I believe mm. uh, he, he fouled was it Dennis Irwin I think yeah I think so I think you're right yeah, yeah I think so, you're right so, there Rob there was two do. there was two there was two penalties in that game I think one was a sort of stone wall and the other one was very very sort of debatable oh, and I think I think Eddie Newton's Eddie Newton's is the one that was like an absolute oh, given. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think it was Sinclair on Kanchelskis. Yeah, wasn't a foul, was it? No. <laughs> it was all academic at that point anyway for Chelsea, uh, yeah, let's be honest. Who yeah, didn't turn yeah. up for that cup final. Eddie Newton yeah. was the first person I ever interviewed in, as, uh, as my job. Yeah. In fact, he was, he was a coach at Chelsea's, I want to say, under something. Yeah. We're talking like 15 years ago now. And yeah, yeah. I did a phone interview. That was my first proper... As a you know, as a journalist, I interviewed Eddie Newton, so oh, always have a little place for in my heart for for, for Eddie. Um, if okay. anybody, if anybody out there listening is impressed by that, which is which is great. Um, but like when I first met Ash, I used to work in JD Sports, True. and they used to get a um, I used to get a discount 
and I found that more impressive than Eddie Newton, to be perfectly honest. So, Ash, if there's any chance you could go back to JD Sports at any time in the near future, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, 20% won't get much off at the prices I see at JD Sports these yeah, days. Yeah, true. But good discount, though. Good discount. It was, it was 20, a good discount. I gave 20%. Paul. I gave Paul Furlong a discount once upon a time. He came in, I served Paul Furlong when he was at QPR, and I was allowed to give him my discount. Oh, wow. Which is ridiculous because he was earning probably like 90 times more money than this part-time sales assistant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you still got him 20% off. I still got Paul Furlong 20% off. Um, I'm sure you loved his career there. I'm sure it went from strength to strength. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It was that reason he scored the playoff final, semi-final goal against Oldham. Yeah. And then, oh, that you know, was the reason, right? That was yeah. definitely uh, the fuel behind yeah. that, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll complete my midfield then. Uh, I also have Mark Overmars, Ed, so I we don't need well, to go right. over that. Okay, this is a bit... We, do you know what? I'm getting to the point now where maybe we should have said before... No, it's fun. It's, yeah, it's boring <laughs> if we know. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, true. it's boring true. if we know. But um, And also some people... You know, we haven't gone for a theme. Ed, um, Rob's cleverly gone for a theme. We've just kind of tried to pick the best team in the, uh, in the, in the rules. So next yeah. time, maybe we should go down that road. But yeah, so I've got Mark Overmars. My other midfielder, um, not Eddie Newton, but from 1997, the man who scored the quickest goal in cup final history until Louis Saha. Did Saha beat that? He did, yeah, didn't he? 2009, yeah, 2009, Yeah. Um, Roberto Di Matteo, that goal. Have you got him as well, Ed? Yeah. <laughs> This is why you need fresh blood, guys. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's why we got you on, Rob. See, <laughs> yeah. this is very um, boring this, without, without yeah, uh, uh, you uh, on it. I'd like to announce at this point that this uh, show has gone stale and this is my last episode of AK90 <laughs> and Rob is, Rob is taking over from me. So best of luck to you, Rob. It's, it's scarily showing how we share the same 90s brain, yeah. Ed, definitely. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, I mean, it, it, I didn't have, I wanted Janino, but, but right. and I could still have Janino because it's yeah. the same, I'm not breaking any rules, but no. he didn't really do anything in the final. Yeah, so it felt a bit of a... It token pick just because obviously we love Janino on this, uh, on this yeah. I mean to see to see a goal after that quick was it 43 and it's a great goal unbelievable like unbelievable to see a goal that quick I mean now like you said I think Saha's like surpassed it but like it was unknown to us you know in the cup finals that we'd watched to see one that early it was it was bloody impressive and as you say a great a great goal yeah, I got my hair cut that morning with my with my friend at the time, and I just remember this coming yeah. home. Like we were we were running late because the bus was late, so we had to like we were running back to to get to the TV to watch the cup final. And I think he was still either in the hall getting his shoes off or going to get a drink before he sat down and watched it. And I was oh Chelsea one 0 up, and he was just oh. like oh. I mean, we had no dog in the fight because he was Millwall, I'm QPR, but it was kind of like oh okay. And then the rest of the final was pretty boring after that until is it Frank Sinclair got the other goal. No, Eddie Newton. Eddie uh, Newton, sorry. Yeah, it was that yeah. final there. Yeah. What did, did Frank score in a final? Am I just... Uh, did he that league, league, league Cup, was it? Someone scored in a 2000. Did you score in that? Maybe. No, that was... Somebody, yeah, definitely. Um, So who who are we missing from your midfield that I haven't got, Ed? Or have we done everyone? Uh, Sorry, you haven't done... So you've got... Yeah, right. You've got Waddle, McManaman, and Overmars and Dimiteo. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, so you've got... I've, my one is good, right? So you definitely haven't got this one. So I've gone back to 1994. Ooh. And one thing I miss from 90s football is when it's all going tits up, is a manager getting the old tracksuit off, <laughs> chucking the tracksuit on the floor and saying, I'm having enough of this. So uh, Glenn Oddle comes on at 2-0, I think, to Manchester United. And the game ends 4-0. So Glenn's <laughs> influence on the game was zero. But I wanted to have a 90s team that included 
an eighties legend <laughs> that I didn't <laughs> see, good. and I wanted to, and I wanted to have a I wanted to have a player manager. So uh, I've I've gone for um, I've gone I've gone future, well future England manager two years away from being England manager. Um, Glenn <laughs> Hoddle. Yeah. And f- future guest of Alive and Kiki, which is much more important than uh, absolutely, and for that, you know, for that reason as well, yeah. obviously, because yeah. he was such a, a nice bloke. He was, he definitely was. Um, Rob, so you, you've gone Limpar Newton. Who else is in your midfield? Yeah. Just when you think it can't get any more glamorous than Eddie Newton and Endless Limpar, I'm going to bring in Michael Thomas from the '92. Yeah. Well, you say that, you know, he scored a goal in the final. He did, yeah. What a goal it was as well. Yeah. We watched it. This Another morning. great Brilliant goal. goal. Brilliant goal. Uh, he also came on um, in the 1996 final when Cantona scored. Roy Evans turned to his bench and thought, we need a goal. He brought on Michael Thomas for Rob Jones to try and change things up. Um, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah it didn't work. Um, yeah. Perhaps he was harking back to 89 and thought, need a late goal. What, yeah, what, I, find, what I find mad about Michael Thomas is that in, within three years, he went from snatching the league title from Liverpool to scoring a goal in a final for Liverpool. Yeah. It's just like if I was a Liverpool fan, which I am not, I can reveal that, that I I don't think I'd like the bloke. But maybe then if he scored in a cup final, it might make up for it a little bit. Yeah, just... I mean, it, it was. a. I mean, and it's the quirk of the 90s that there were a lot of cup finals that were very one sided. And this was another one like yeah. Sunderland Sund- getting there was their basically their cup final. Because yeah. Yeah. Liverpool, even in I know they were in transition, they were, you know, it was very unlikely that there was going to be an upset that day. And it's a lot of finals yeah. in the 90s, which we've discussed before, that are very one sided. Um, yeah. Alongside Michael Thomas, then Rob, who completes your midfield? Uh, this is not a particularly quirky choice. It's Roy Keane. Keane, yeah. Just for appearing for five finals and those of the ten we're talking about using five of them which is pretty wow. what what year are you picking him from uh, i've gone for 94 94 okay yeah 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 five five appearances one for forest and then four for united lost with forest lost in 95 and then won the other three wow yeah, yeah. okay good shout good shout that, that's stick Great with fun. you rob then that's complete your uh quirky 11 i'm trying to work out which years you've gone for but it's going to take this be bad audio so i'm just going to take your word for it that it's right and i'll look at the end <laughs> who are your front two in this 90s look at oh look at he's got highlighters people <laughs> yeah looks like john moxon has been, uh, been on the uh <laughs> oh my yeah. god yeah notes and everything now i've got notes too but they're not quite as yeah yeah. Um, but they're not quite as flashy as, as Rob's. Um, who's your front two, Rob? So up front, I've got uh, Fabrizio Ravanelli. Oh, who, hey. um, that's a good one. To say he played in the 97 final is probably a little bit generous. He, he was there for 20 minutes and then wandered he went off. off. He went off injured, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, yeah. Um, he wasn't supposed to have started, really, in terms of uh, his match fitness. But he started, came off after 24 minutes, I think, and um, yeah. barely played for them again, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, the reason I chose him was it's strange to think that was his pretty meek appearance in the cup final and it was the only the year before he'd scored in the Champions League final he'd gone from yeah. that extreme yeah. to, to the extreme of limping yeah. off and being relegated it's a bit of an odd character Ravinelli wasn't he a bit of yeah, a, a sort of I don't like the word maverick I don't think he was one of them no, necessarily no, but he, he just he just has a bit I don't know there was like a quirky strange sort of personality about him I think you know, I think if we were to ever get a guest from Borough on that on on the show, then maybe they'd probably enlighten us. But I just got the feeling that 
Um, he wasn't overly liked, maybe, by his teammates. I always got that impression. But The, 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 the stat and the fact that I always surprised with Ravinelli is that he played more games for Derby County than he did for Middlesbrough. Right. See, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know that. I mean, yeah. you know, and even him turning up at Derby was a bit odd. Yeah. I thought towards the end of his career, yeah. but yeah, very. Just, uh, he was yeah, great in that season, though. That hat trick oh, on yeah. day was, yeah, yeah that, that's proper height of like the big names are coming to this league, and he was really the white feather. Yeah. I think yeah. Des Lynham made a joke about his hair color on match of the day, which is typical right. King yeah. Des and his. Uh, and his quips. Um, so, Rob, all right, if I've got this right, and I'm and I'm probably going to be wrong now, your other striker should be from 1998. Am I right? Correct, mate. Good work. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was my 11th birthday, and I watched Newcastle lose. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, the cup final to Arsenal. And up front, they had Mr. Christopher Ray. Chris hey. Ray. <laughs> I love this team. <laughs> so, you could, I love that you could have just picked an Elka who scored in that final anyway. But you've gone from, yeah, Chris. We mentioned Chris Ray last week, actually. So Chris Ray's getting a lot of love on the podcast at the moment. And Elka, just not as quirky as Chris no, Ray's story. Not as 90s, no. No. Uh, a Liberian striker, although not the only one to start an FA Cup final around this time because George Weir started for Chelsea in 2000. There you well, go. Um, he, Christopher Ray had scored the winner in the semi final. Yeah, Wolves, wasn't and, it? Well, I think it was Wolves. Yeah, yeah. against Wolves. Yeah. yeah. And that's what earned him a start ahead of Ian Wright, who was fit and was sat on the bench and didn't even come on. Even when they took Ray off, I think, in the second half, I think I saw uh, they brought on David Platt. So Ian Wright didn't get on the pitch because of Christopher Ray's uh, good form at the time. Bit of a surprise. Yeah, no, I remember Christopher Ray. We talked about this when we talked about the title races and the, that team, like... Whoever asked the ball in at that point, and like Chris Ray was, he, he seemed like a very. We didn't see enough of him, but he just he just took his moment and just added to the team. Like Luis Borromeo as well, he was another one that came in kind of, and you kind of like he didn't really have a stellar Arsenal career, but that team was so fixated on winning that title, and well, he used to be, he would end up as the double, wasn't it? That he, they just seemed to fit in, and yeah, Chris Ray is such a nineties name. Maybe like once we've got Robert Rosario, Ed, maybe our next challenge is Chris Ray. That would be, that would be, I mean, to get Rosario would be one thing, but I mean, to get Christopher Ray, you're talking like this is like the pinnacle of a <laughs> podcast, really. I mean, yeah. I mean we'll give, give the people what they want. Get the, yeah, definitely. definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, Reggie Blinker would be another one, but I, oh, I've, I've actually asked him and he's actually refused many moons ago. So I don't think that would be a, a possibility. Oh, well, but we can go back. Yeah. We'll go back. Maybe we'll ask him again. Maybe we'll ask him again. What, what a dream that would be. And I'm, I'm in my mid thirties, but I know all the kids are going crazy for Christopher Ray these days. Yeah, <laughs> it's very, it's very on Vogue, Chris Ray, for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Ed, I've just worked out your team, and I think we've got the same front too, haven't we? <laughs> oh no, you're joking. I well, I know. I, I, well, I know we've both got Ian right because we've spoke about this pre-pod, right. pulling back the curtain because we were trying to work out the example. And I so, think we've got. I think we've got the same. I think we've got the same striker from, from, from different two year. different couples. Yeah. Like <laughs> right. Oh, guys. So, so I think. Right. So what we're going to do now, Rob? Right. Is that me and Ash are going to go, okay? <laughs> and you're going to present. You're going to present the show all by yourself yeah, because you're, yeah. you've come here, practiced, and you're very, very good at it. Um, and Ash and I need to go away and have a sort of serious think about what we're doing. Here. Well, I'm annoyed because I, I, had, <laughs> I didn't have Cantona. Is, is Eric Cantona your other yeah. striker? Yeah. yeah. I didn't have yeah. Eric Cantona for a long time because I just didn't want to pick him because it was the obvious answer. Um, yeah. my, my first, and I'll admit this, I instantly thought the Burkamp played in the 98 final and I just that is my go-to when I do a yeah. 90s 11 I go Burkamp Janino there's kind of the first two names that kind of yeah. make up an just... 11 
and yeah, make around the rest of it. And he didn't play. You know, he didn't replaced him, don't you, Mr. Christopher Ray? Yeah, yeah, Christopher Ray was obviously the better option yeah. for, for. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, to start, you know, to, to actually start with, I mean, we're talking about Cantona and Bright because we've got the same front two. But, you know, to, to pick up on Rob's point about Wright not playing in the 98 Cup final because he, Ian Wright had his fair share of fun in FA Cup finals. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was devastated to lose the, the first one in 1990, which is where which is where I've picked him for the Palace. Yeah. And, um, I mean, his impact off the bench having I think it was a broken leg not long before and to come off um to come off the bench and score I mean two really good goals as well and his goal in the 93 final as well I think gets Chef Wednesday is also a decent is a decent goal um I think he scored in the replay as well and he's just a, a very I mean that if you're going to pick two characters from the 90s in FA Cups you've you've really got two characters here in Cantona and and um right and I think for me, Ash, I picked Eric Cantona in 1996 because 1996 was his year. Yeah, well, he's coming all, all, all them sort of all them sort of one nil Cantona results that United got on their way to capture Newcastle, and then to do it again in the cup final, which, as we've said, was an awful cup final, but he managed to sort of light it up, and you can still, I think it was, uh, I think it was Barry Davis commentating. I think you can still hear him sort of shouting Cantona. Um, and then I think he, he went on and lifted the trophy as well. So um in the so, proper yeah. way. In the proper yeah, way. So yeah. yeah, that's that's essentially the reason that I that I went for Cantona. Yeah, um, I mean you know, obviously right, I'll just echo I picked him from 1990. 1990 is my like the first ever football memory I have is of the right. 1990 FA Cup final yeah. because I must have told this story before, but my my nan at the time lived in a place called Wallington, which which is just by Croydon. So and we yeah. and we went over to see her on that Saturday. Um, I don't know if my dad realised what a stupid decision that was driving to, because <laughs> and all about what I remember of that day is that all through we had to drive on the outskirts of Croydon, but all through the the town there were banners and flags and people just not going necessarily going to the final, but they were just partying because I think you know Palace hadn't been in an FA Cup final for as long as I can remember at least, and I I I was I was very much like what is going on what you know and then we got home got to my nan's and we watched the final and that's. That's my very first memory. And then we went into Italian 19. That's when I, the bug proper hit me. So, yeah, I remember Ian Wright coming off the bench and scoring, as you say, two cracking goals. I mean, it was a cracking final as well. Like, I think Mark Hughes got a couple as well, didn't he, for United? He did, yeah. you know, made it 3-3. I really wanted to include Lee Martin in my 11, yes. who is obviously the the name from the replay who got the winner, who's one of those names who, that's, that's basically what he lives off, the fact that he scored the, 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 the goal in the in the replay. But again, and it's so hard. He works MUTV as well, doesn't he? I yeah, he does. Yeah, he does do MUTV as well. But it's, it may not, it's so hard because they obviously, as we said, they've been in five finals and so to try and juggle the players. So I, yeah, I tried to get Lee Martin in there, but I, I chose him right. And then Cantona, I've gone for 94 instead of 96, um, just because he scored two goals in that final. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, I mean that I really love that 94 Man United side. I think they get underrated. Like he was kind of the first real great team Fergie built. And Cantona was obviously the final piece of the puzzle. Um, yeah. but you know, your Bruce, your Parker, you know, the very early signs of Paul Ince and Giggs, Brian McClare shout to Matthew Chris, obviously, and Brian McClare, his best buddy. Um, he scored in that final as well. So yeah, I United. Sorry, go on, Rob, go for it. Sorry, I was just going to say, when I, I agree with about that 94 United signer, when I think of it and I think of the kit, I think of Kinchelskis. Oh, yeah. of course, as well. He was, yeah. he was yeah. electric that year. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, they, what I was going to come in there on was that 
they almost won the league that year by the end of August. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they won, they won like their first four or five games, and then they just sort of carried on. And it was very, very hard for anybody to mount a challenge and challenge and them. Um, there wasn't even up. a title rate. I mean, Blackburn. I think Blackburn tried. I think yeah. Blackburn tried. Blackburn tried and beat them towards the end of the season, yeah. which made it slightly interesting. Right, yeah. Really, it, United were that consistent that it wasn't going to come off. Yeah, well, I suppose going back to our FA Cup final theme, Chelsea had beaten them home and away that yeah. year when almost nobody yeah. had Gavin lost, Peacock. So I guess yeah, that's right. So going into the final, I imagine that there was talk that Chelsea, of all teams, could possibly pull a surprise. Yeah, absolutely. yeah I think that I think they'd take one of those victories for switching it around to the FA Cup final instead because it was a it was a bad yeah. day of the office uh, for Chelsea. Um, before we go, let's just quickly go through each of our teams then. So I went Mark Crossley, Dave Watson, Mark Wright, Gary Neville, Stuart Pearce. In midfield, Chris Waddle, Roberto Di Matteo and or Janino. Mark Overmars, Steve McManaman. And in up front, Eric Kanznar and Ian Wright. Ed, you went for the same, so <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, so, so basically I went for the same team as you. I have, uh, no, not quite, but I have Neville Southall in gold, Matt Jackson right back, uh, Tony Adams, David May, Stuart Pearce. Uh, Steve McManaman, Glenn Hoddle, Roberto Di Matteo and Mark Overmars. And of course, up top, Cantona and Ian Wright. And Rob, who's won this game, you'll run us through your 11 just quickly. Well, you say that, I feel like if my team was up against either of your yeah, teams, they'd lose yeah. heavily. <laughs> <laughs> and David may be at the front with the trophy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, David James, Andy Griffin, Des Walker, David O'Leary, Richard Shaw, uh, Anders Limpar, Roy Keane, Michael Thomas, Eddie Newton, Christopher Ray, and Fabrizio Ravanelli. I love that front too. Yeah, yeah I, I love that. Yeah. Talk about contrasting that. careers. Um, before love, you go, I love, I love that level. <laughs> it's great. I wanted to ask you. We've talked Thank for all these elevens. If you could pick your favourite FA Cup final moment from the nineties, um, Ed, coming to you first. What would be your favourite moment? I, I do oh. think, as a whole, the finals in the nineties aren't great. Especially the second half of the decade as well. So I, I give you that caveat. But if if I said to you, nineteen ninety um, finals, what are your what does what comes to your mind? What is your favourite moment from it? Slightly like you, I think one of my first footballing memories was the nineteen ninety cup final. So I enjoyed that, but I didn't. I seem to recall that I didn't watch the whole game for some reason. Mm. Um, so one that always stands out for me, and I think it's the reason I picked Southall and Matt Jackson, is that. Coming into this this our sort of generation, we we're slightly too old, uh, too young, sorry, to have seen Wimbledon and Coventry win the FA yeah. Cup. Yeah. So this decade, if you look at all the teams that won it, you have got your Liverpool's, your Arsenal's, your Man United's, and Chelsea to a sort of certain extent. So Everton, their heyday had sort of gone, but it was almost like everyone was supporting Everton on that day because they were the underdog. Um, so that's what I remember. Um, so I think '95 for me was probably. Was probably the one, the one sort of standout um, underdog moment from that, from those cup finals that I sort of go to. So yeah, I think '95 for me is probably yeah. the one. Uh, for me, before we finish with Rob, I, I, I just think that for, it's the FA Cup final day in general as well. Like, yeah, you know, we've hark on. It's, it used to be the only live game on TV, not for us because we were, we're a slightly different generation. But it was still such a massive deal, which it isn't now. And I know Ed, you said at the beginning of the, sh of the show how much you love the FA Cup final still. Yeah. It, it's not what it was in the 1990s when I feel like it still was the biggest day of the football calendar. It came after the last day of the football of the football season, which isn't again this season as well. So yeah. I, that always like, well, you know, there was grandstand, then there was a build up to all that. I don't, oh, 93 stands out. Maybe that was like my, I was, I was, I was ready. Oh, I, eyes were open. I wanted to sit mm. there all day and just watch 
the cup yeah. final. It, it, it made it weird that it was Arsenal Sheffield Wednesday again after it had been the League Cup final as well. And then it went to a replay, like we don't get replays anymore as well. So yeah. there are a lot of little things from the 1990s cup finals that that stand out for me. So, and, and and definitely that yes, 93 and 91 as well. I just think that was a yeah. great final. It had a, had everything. You had the clough factor. Yeah. You had you know Forest never going. won it. Pierce Walker. Then you had this Tottenham team wearing the wrong kit. You had the Gaza moment. Gaza, was, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've covered a lot there, Rob. So sorry. What, what would yours clearly isn't ninety eight or ninety nine as a Newcastle fan. So what, what would be stand out moment? <laughs> well, I just wanted to say actually, you mentioned Coventry in the eighties. That I was actually born that day. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that, as the FA Cup final has been uh, played eighty seven. Um, could you, um, whilst, whilst you're there, could you just give me your PIN number and bank account details, please? <laughs> so we've now got your data back. <laughs> I'm going to get Andy Griffin and Richard Shaw to sort you right out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't take much, I promise. <laughs> um, I think that the moment, I, if you say FA Cup finals from the 90s that I think of, is probably Di Matteo. Just because, yeah. as, as, as you guys um, very accurately said earlier, it was just something that nobody expected. It sounds silly. Obviously, once the game starts, you can score at any time. But having such an early goal, I think it took everybody by surprise, even though it, it was only against the, the might of Ben Roberts and the Middlesbrough goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think at the end of the show, Joe always mentions, you know, the fact that Ben Roberts was in goal and that didn't, that wasn't yeah. his finest mate. Did it come off the bar? It did, didn't it? That yeah, shot came yeah, off the bar. It went yeah. right oh, yeah. above him, didn't it? it yeah. Sort yeah. Of went straight down his throat, as it were, and yeah. he missed it. Great strike, though. Yeah, I love a shot that comes off the bar. They had, they had, they had Schwarzer on the books at the time, but um, he'd been cup-tied. He'd played yeah. for, oh, I think it was Bradford, Bradford. In, the early, yeah. in, an early, in an earlier round, so he was cup-tied, which, which obviously meant that Ben Roberts was between the sticks. Yeah, right. who knows if you would have saved that though. Um, Rob, where if people want to get involved on your Twitter account, and I urge them do so, if you like just a quick click of a poll, um, where can they follow you on Twitter? Thank you. It's at uh, Premiership Polls on Twitter, um, and we put up a new poll every day, and it's about each one will be a different question about the Premiership glory years between 92 and 2007, which is yeah. where we all want to be, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. well, 2000, I'll get a bit misty because I. <laughs> The fact that I always judge this, and I think I've said this a million times, I, I, I can reel off the FA Cup finals of the 90s just like within a second. Once we get to 2000 and 2001 and just onwards, it really takes me a while. My brain starts to go, was that that year or that year? And I just think maybe that's where you grow up and your focus and stuff. I'm, I'm not sure. But um, Ed, if people want to drink in your tavern, where can they go on the social? Uh, they come to at Tavern Football uh, and that's it really. Yeah, they do. And they have a nice, nice drinky poo or two. Um, right. If you want to follow us, AK90s on Twitter is the place to be. Do your cup finals 11 and do it probably the way Rob done it rather than me and Ed did it, because it's, it's much more fun if you quirk it up rather than trying to get Cantonari and right. as your front too, which is the obvious picks. Yeah, you need um, Christopher Ray up there. Yeah, you need, basically you need Christopher Ray in your team. Yeah, that, that is yeah. it. I wanted to get a Sunderland player in there, but they really didn't turn up for that final, did they? No. No, John Byrne was close because he had that amazing run where he scored in every round up to the final. And guess what, people? He played for QVR. Oh, what a shock. <laughs> we'll end on that note. Thank you very much for joining us. As always, we'll be back again with more 90 nonsense very soon. But until next time, keep it 90s. I love it.